back to Kansas City Real Talk. I am not Bobby Howe or Alex Gehring. I'm Amber Vandegrift. I produce this podcast and I have a very special episode for you today. As I'm recording this, many of us in the Kansas City area are still under a stay-at-home order due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, that means we've been having to adapt to a lot, not just in our day-to-day personal lives, but also with our work. So, For today's episode, I wanted to compile some excerpts from previous episodes that are either especially relevant right now or something that we could be looking at with a new lens as we're spending more time in our homes. The first one that I have is quite a throwback. This is an excerpt from our second episode ever, and even though we were still sort of getting into the rhythm of what this podcast would be, this episode is still one of my favorites that we've done. Jennifer Langston Justice came in to talk about business planning, and she had so many amazing insights and strategies to share. And since the market is sort of slowing down during this pandemic, of course, we're hoping that it will pick back up once everyone is healthy again. Um, That may mean that business is slower, and this could actually be a great time to do that planning that maybe you've intended to do, but you haven't had the time to. So here it is. This is Jennifer Langston Justice on business planning. Well, and it's one of the things that you talked about is so many people um, don't set a plan and or implement. So um, one of my very favorite books, um, and I do this too often, sorry guys, start with the books, um, <laughs> is The Four Disciplines of Execution by Sean Covey. Mm-hmm. And what he talks about in there is that there's two ways that leaders get results. One is by creating a stri- uh, strategy or a plan. And most leaders don't have a problem with doing it creating a plan. They typically have an idea of we want to go from X to Y and when we want to get there. However, the thing that most leaders struggle with is actually implementing and executing their plan in the midst of the whirlwind, which is the thing that we experience every, as soon as we wake up in the morning and we check our email and there's 78 emails waiting there for screaming at the, check me, check me, check me. But you're absolutely right. Some people schedule struggle with even actually putting it down. They just put the plan in their head. They don't actually do that. So for those people who've never heard of a vision board, and there actually are people, because I teach people vision boards on almost a daily basis, explain a little bit of how the vision board works, how you go about creating a vision board, and how you let that influence your actual written plan that you put together. So for me, when I originally started, and it might be easier to some people to bite off, like the next year of your life. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't have to think about maybe 10 years. I'm a 10-year planner. That's what I like to do now, but I wasn't always that way. So think about the next year of your life. For me, I even put things down like mid-year conference, going to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. talking to you know the congressman and everything like that. That's part of my vision board because when I look at that, I put it in my bathroom so I can see it every single morning. But when I look at that, I want to see you know, the overview, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I go through magazines. um, I look on the computer. There's some specific things like specific destinations, New Zealand, Hawaii, some of my favorite things that I do. Um, We are huge boaters. So we have a crown line boat. So I have crown line rallies on there. Huge Chiefs fan. I know y'all don't know that about me, but uh, I would have never guessed. what she's wearing right now. It is Chiefs gear like crazy. It is Red Friday. (laughs) Um, And so to Chiefs games because we make that part of my husband and I's um, time together. We go to Chiefs games. We're season ticket holders, but literally down to, you know, my daughter, some of her things that are on her school year. And then my team stuff. I have the realtor R on my vision board. I have my team logo on the vision board. Um, sometimes I put numbers on there. I have one billion on there right now. So just in like a stack of money um, from mm-hmm. the cover of Money Magazine, I have that on there. So I think that what I hear you saying is that business planning is is personal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because 
the secret to having an amazing business is to have a balanced life. Mm-hmm. And we do this by incorporating all of these different facets and looking at all of these different facets on our vision board and then making that part of our reality. Mm-hmm. And so you just, you know, you can start small. You can start with a regular sheet of paper if you're like, man, I don't even know what I want to put on here. So start with a regular sheet of paper. I now have like, I add on to my vision board because mm-hmm. like I said, I enjoy this process. It's something right. that comes very naturally to me and it's something I get excited about and happy about. So I actually do one board, um, you know, in the December session, which I'm getting ready to do. And then I'll do another one in June. And a lot of times I attach those to each other and they're hanging from each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go back the next year and pull some things off. Or sometimes I'll even just add to that vision board that I already have going. Because like I said, I have some really big things on there. Um, airplanes, boats, yachts, Mm. crazy things, but those are not probably going to be attainable here in the next 365 days, although somebody could win the Mega Millions, you never know, (laughs) but um, in reality, those are long-term things that we plan for, like 20-year things when we retire or something like that, so... So what what I hear you saying is that you essentially start with the end in mind and work backwards. So you're even starting with the end goal 10, 20 years out and then working back to the next 365 days. What are the things I need to accomplish today so that then next year I can accomplish these things? Mm -hmm. So how do you work backwards to that? How do you actually create your plan? What are the things that you're looking at? Are you reviewing trends? Are you reviewing the market? And what are the key categories that you drill down to so you can accomplish those things 10 years from now by focusing on them today? So a big part of what we do to keep things going is consistency. And we are a very small company. I'm not a franchise company. So we are very referral-based. And we have taken very good care of our clients to the point of I now have 20-year clients that I've sold to literally every person in their family or sold the grandmother's home or the grandkids and so forth and so on. So these people have now referred me potentially 20 times. So we make sure that we're, you know, touching those clients, as they always say, several times a year. Mm -hmm. And we do client appreciations. We do different things like that. But it's mainly doing something instead of doing nothing. And if you get up every day and just do a little bit, take that one step each way, you know, or one foot in front of the other, you're going to have success almost no matter what you do. Um, whether it's exercise, whether it's your business, whether it's spending time with your child, whatever that is, if you're just doing a little bit every single day, you're going to be successful. But if you're sitting on your duff thinking that leads are just going to start falling in your lap and why am I not doing great in this real estate business? Everybody should know that I have a real estate license. Don't they want to use me? Don't they like me? Well, the truth of the matter is if you were just doing a little piece every day, going and meeting five people, for example, set that as a goal. Hey, I want to give five people my business card today. I want to talk to five people about real estate today. That's a pretty easy goal realistically, but I think we would be surprised if we surveyed all of our agents Mm -hmm. and they weren't talking to five people a day. But of course we look at market trends. You mentioned that. Um, For me, and I'll go bookie on you, um, Simon Sinek. (gasps) Yes. Why? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? And you know, I was literally just on the plane to Boston and that's kind of when I get my time to read and I've picked that book up multiple times. I'm not completely all the way through it, but I've read several pieces of it and then went back and reread. And really, I just want to strive every single day to help people be better. And hopefully that's through home ownership. But you know what? 
maybe that's not for the person that I'm helping be better that day. Mm. Maybe it's something else that day. Um, so really just however you can help someone be better, giving back, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's priceless. And I didn't always live my life that way. And so it's really amazing to feel that transformation, to be that change you wish to see. I love Gandhi. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I would, like I said, bookie nerdy on you, but, um, those are just, if you can really get that, everything else falls into place. That's awesome. When you become intentional with your life, it truly empowers you. So as you're finishing up Start With Why, which is actually we had everyone on our National Strategic Thinking Advisory Committee as we were creating a new strategic plan this year, we had everybody read that. And what we discovered, actually it was Stephanie in my own office, discovered another book called Find Your Why, also by Simon. And it has a special section in it. So if you run a team, and it's how to take everyone on the team to find their why, to then create a why as a team together to grow your organization and I know I see your eyes are getting really big and that's why when you were talking about that you know we're talking about your team we're talking about business planning I would really suggest getting together and you know reading that book and then each individual creating their why and then everybody's why building together because when everybody's why is in sync you can accomplish amazing great things and when Mm -hmm. you're in touch with your why you will go you'll get out of bed every day and do what you need to do because you understand if you don't it's that much further away you are from getting that thing, that that yacht on your vision board, getting that airplane on your vision board. If I don't do the thing today, that's another day I've got to add on the back end. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love that. So uh, let's look. What are your main focus areas that you have on your plan? Or do you go off sales volume? Do you go off units? Do you go off profit? What drives you, <laughs> Jen? Uh, bottom line for me is actually financial statement. Since I am an investor, I have several hundred investment properties and. I like to see that net worth number increasing. And so for me, I don't specifically go, oh yeah, we had 10 million in sales volume last year, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we do usually, that's kind of 10 million plus a year. And some years I have like $3 million multifamily deals that just happen. And so sometimes I get some big boosts like that. And then sometimes my team gets million dollar listings or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, That doesn't happen every single year. Of course, it's great if it does. But for me, I have to look at my financial statement and see how that net worth is really going up. I think that's different from a lot of realtors, though. So I don't know if maybe that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. um, And you know what? This has become a big thing with NAR is that realtors do not plan for retirement. We're trying to help them do better on that. However, for me personally, seeing how investing paid off for my family, um, because my dad made a lot of sacrifices when I was a little kid to work more than one job. And literally, he was one of those that put money in um, the jar from his Coke, didn't have a Coke for lunch, put the money in his jar and paid cash for a house built a house from the ground up when he was 18 years old. But to see that play out for him to teach me on a financial statement, how that builds wealth, that is powerful to me. And so that's what I personally look at. Now we do set sales volume goals. We set monthly listing goals. We set buyer goals. We set all of those different type of goals. But for me personally, it is that financial statement that Especially I Especially if at. you're looking 10, 25, 50 years mm-hmm. into the future. I mean, the, I mean, we all want to retire one day mm-hmm. and uh, it's crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> And how much money do you need a month to retire to maintain your lifestyle? What do you want that to look like? It is remarkable Um, to me how few realtors really invest in uh, the assets that we sell every day. It's really interesting. (laughs) 
Jennifer and Bobby also had some great book recommendations in that clip. I don't know if you've been taking advantage of your local library during all this, but my library has some amazing online resources. So I've been binging on audiobooks during this quarantine, and I definitely recommend. So you should check out what your library has. This next clip is from an episode we did last year around this time for Mental Health Month. We had Rebecca Verity on the show. She's a licensed professional counselor, and she talked to us about mental health for realtors. She had a lot of great insights that I think maybe many of us could use during this time. Quarantine is hard on us that way, so hopefully you can get something out of this one that will make staying home a little bit easier on your mental health. One of the things I always tell my clients in the first session, I'm going to ask this over and over and over again, what can you control? Because that's the mindset you have to have. Mm -hmm. And like you just mentioned, you don't have control over much. The only thing you can control is you and how you react to things. That's it. And if you change that mindset to only focus on what you can, you're going to realize you're spending a lot of energy and anxiety and all that horrible stuff on things that it's not even going to really affect you in the end, right? Right. So you really have to change that mindset. But first, I kind of want to go take a step back. And let's think about the brain for a second and how it works. So stress happens when something happens in the environment that makes us feel unsafe. Okay, so in our brain stem, the lower part of our brain, we have what is called the fight or flight response. So something unsafe happens in the environment and our brain automatically triggers that fight or flight response. And so our body is going to release adrenaline, cortisol, All those other ones that I can't name right now, of course. And our muscles are going to get tense. Our heart rate starts going. Our thoughts starts racing. And if we change our mindset a little bit in that process to tell ourselves this is a natural way our body's reacting to something happening in the environment, it changes things. It says, okay, this is natural. I'm going to work through it. But when we're in crisis and we're having all those stressful moments and clients are yelling at us and we're trying to get everything done and family's kind of overloading us, It's hard to think about that, right? So what we want to do is kind of introduce or interrupt that system that happens. And what we do that through is a lot of things like called mindfulness. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure the body slows down. And it does that through the parasympathetic system. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yeah, I have. You have, great. uh Yeah, I'm sure you have with your research. Uh So it's this nerve that kind of goes all around our back and actually attaches to one of our eyes, not to creep you out or anything. (laughs) I'm telling you all this because I really think it's important to learn the science behind it. Um, And so what happens, we want to massage that nerve because that nerve will automatically get our heart rate resting, going down, and it helps us to relax. So when we're in that kind of panic mode with all that stress, 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 we need to interrupt with some kind of relaxation technique. So something like deep belly breathing, Mm -hmm. what's happening with that is that our organs are pressing that nerve and it's massaging it for us. Yeah. So take 10 deep belly breaths and you'll find yourself at a notch 10 going down to maybe a notch six. It doesn't fix everything, but it helps you get to a place where you can think rationally. That's one of those things that like my parents always told me when I was right. growing up and like I'd yeah. I'd pretend and I'd know? be like, hey, what are you talking about? It seems right. like, but there's science to it. No, and I, wow. that's good. Simple science, you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and I love the way that you describe yeah. stress as when you feel unsafe. And I never thought about it in that way before, but it is truly... One of my husband's favorite quotes, and it drives me crazy when he says it, but in this instance, it'll work out good. Worry is interest paid on a debt that may never become due. 
So mm. how often do we get tied up about worry and stress on something that may never actually happen, but something has happened to create something where we feel unsafe. And yeah. so we go into that. And so the belly breathing, you know. You, Can you repeat that again? Worry is interest paid on what? Worry is interest paid on a debt that may never become due. If Ooh. there's two things you want to do right now about stress is making sure you get your solid sleep. And I'm talking about that deep REM sleep, mm-hmm. not waking up, tossing and turning every once in a while. And we all have different numbers of sleep. You know, I know I seven hours, I'm good to go. Other people need a, I had a client who swears he only needed five. But really making sure you have that routine before bed, routine when you get up, going to bed at the same time, making sure that sleep is sacred. The other thing, exercise. Exercise is the number one thing. Because going back to the science a little bit, when that adrenaline and cortisol is in our body because we've had an unsafe, stressful mm-hmm. event happen, it's still kind of going around in our body and we need to release it somehow. Exercise, sweat it out. That's how you get rid of those hormones in your body. Other times they sink into your organs, right? And that's not really a good thing mm. and can lead to like chronic stress, right? And chronic stress can lead to things like what? Heart disease, diabetes, things of that nature. Wow. Mm-hmm. Again, this is simple science. Sure. I'm not a scientist, everyone. Right. Mindfulness is so huge. It's just the practice of being in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And it's a practice. It's not something that comes naturally to us. Mm -hmm. I think most of us, especially in your industry as well, we're planners. Right. Right. We're trying to put out the fire or make sure any kind of catastrophe is going to be prepared for it. Right. Right. So we got to practice being in the here and now. And there's so many ways to do it. Meditation, yoga. I do something called a mindfulness walk, which I just take one sense, either seeing or hearing, sometimes smelling. And I go on a 10 to 15 minute walk and try to identify everything I'm hearing Ooh. it just gives you a break out of your head that's wow. what you want i love that i don't know about you but i learned so much from that episode so hopefully that had some good info for you and of course if you want to go back and listen to the full episode all of these episodes are still available on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or wherever you listen to podcasts And I know she mentioned exercise in that clip. If you're interested in learning more about fitness and how to balance that in your life as a realtor, we also have an episode for that. So um, I don't have any excerpts from that one for this episode, but it was a good one too if you want to go back and listen to that one again on any of the platforms that you get your podcasts. This next clip is from our episode on giving back to the community, aka paying it forward. I thought this one was especially relevant today because there are so many people in need right now and even doing little acts of kindness can really help our community during this tough time. So the guest from this episode is Mark Solomon and he is a realtor and one of the founders of Veterans Community Project, which is a local organization that helps homeless veterans. In this clip, he's going to tell you a little bit about VCP just so you have some context, and then he's going to get more into ways to pay it forward in your own life. We're going to jump into a quick ad, but when we're back from that, you'll be hearing from Mark Solomon on paying it forward. Continental Title Company has been providing exceptional title and escrow services for real estate and lending transactions since 2001. Locally owned and operated for almost 20 years, they have 13 convenient locations for buyers and sellers across the Kansas City metro. They pride themselves with having an experienced and knowledgeable staff who is always ready to handle your transactions with ease and professionalism. With every transaction, their goal is to make sure you, the realtor, shines every time. They can save your clients money with their no seller closing fee and competitive rates. 
Continental Title can also save you time and energy with their online earnest money deposits, their mobile app that can create customized marketing pieces, as well as calculate closing costs and proceeds in seconds. And did I mention you can send them documents by adding them to your loop? Continental Title thanks you for your business, and if they haven't had the privilege to work with you yet, they look forward to seeing you at the closing table very soon. Visit their website, ctitle.com, for more information. Happy selling! So uh, Veterans Community Project started about four and a half years ago with uh, four combat veterans, myself included, and we basically sat around and said we need to be able to do something to say yes to veterans. There are so many programs in Kansas City that are awesome. Really, they're tied to funding is how they're able to help vets. So a lot of it is federal or state funding, and unfortunately, it comes with a lot of hoops. And so we basically said we don't like the hoops and what can we do differently to help particularly homeless veterans here in Kansas City. On any given night in Kansas City, there'll be 200 veterans that are sleeping on the streets. And wow. again, we decided that's not okay and we're going to do something about it. And so basically we got together at a bar, surprisingly enough, um, military guys drinking. <laughs> and uh, there was a napkin involved and, and a pen and just kind of sketched out the idea. Originally we had talked about uh, kind of retrofitting old Kansas City schools that aren't being used right now and uh, trying to house veterans there. Turns out that was going to be really cost prohibitive, and somebody came up with the idea of tiny houses, and it sort of went from there. All right. So where's it going now? What's going on with it? So all kinds of amazing things. So in four and a half years, we've managed to help, uh, let's see, it's almost 8,000 veterans so far in town. Not all homeless. Uh, So some were working to prevent homelessness. Uh, Some were, you know, just uh, I'll tell you about some of the programs that we do. Um, and then we've housed so far uh, 26-ish vets. We've got 26 tiny houses here in Kansas City. And by the end of the year, November-ish, we should have about, well, let's see, 49. That'll finish out our village here in Kansas City at 89th and Troost is the location. So we'll have 49 tiny houses, and then we'll have a 5,000-square-foot community center that'll help the veterans that are housed at the at the community. So it'll have haircut services, veterinary services. We actually have pets that live at the village as well. So we've got uh, 10 dogs and three cats that live there now as well with our veterans. And so we'll have veterinary services, haircuts, dentistry, counseling, all on site for our vets that live at the village. That's fantastic. So our, we also provide services to our vets that um, are in town. They can just come. We're on a bus line, so vets can basically come to our outreach center at 89th and Truce and get all kinds of other services. So we have job placement services, resume writing, legal services. Um, we can direct them to other services that already exist, and that's one big thing for Veterans Community Project. We didn't want to reinvent anything that already exists. We want to supplement what's already out there. Again, as I mentioned, there's lots of great programs that are helping veterans some of them, though, are tied to funding. Our thing is, again, we're totally privately funded, so we don't take any state or federal dollars. So when a vet comes in and says, hey, I need help, the first thing we can do is get them help. Then we can start asking questions about whether they're eligible for veterans' benefits, for example. So we'll help anybody um, regardless of their discharge status. So whether they serve for five minutes or 35 years, we will help them uh, regardless of you know whether they got kicked out or, or you know served honorably during that time. And that's because at some point... Just like me, these folks were willing to give up their life for their country, mm-hmm. and so we decided, hey, we're going to help you. If you, you were willing to take that oath, even if it was for five whole minutes, that's good enough for us. We're going to help you if you need help. So that's where the private funding also comes into play, where if a vet comes in and says, hey, I need some assistance, again, we can direct them to that assistance, get them that assistance ourselves if we have the ability to do so. 
and then we can start working on the paperwork. So we can get them help immediately and then start backing into all the, the hoops that we need to jump through. So why do you think it's so important to give back to our community and specifically for Realtors? So I've always been a big fan of that. And I say it's pay it forward rather than give back. Give back means that mm -hmm. I took something. Right. Um, the community has been really supportive of us, my business, um, our businesses. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's important for us to be able to pay that forward, right? So um, being successful is great. What are you going to do with that? What's the legacy? I, I tell people all the time, my, my kids aren't going to remember, hey, dad sold X number of houses last year, right? They do know that we helped a whole bunch of homeless veterans. They do know that we're traveling to Colorado weekly and we're helping out there. Paying it forward um, changes you when you're doing that. And again, it's just we can be in the business of just helping people with housing or, or making dollars, and that's great. It's what you do after that is really, you know, how do you change the world? And if it's one person at a time, that's okay. Um, I never imagined this idea would be as big as it is today, um, that we'd be, you know, in all these other cities and expanding and things like that. So the other thing I always tell people is if you have an idea that's rolling around in your head right now, do something with it. That's the difference. I mean, I, I can tell you that I am the smartest and best looking of the four founders. Um, and they're not, oh, uh, yeah. They're not any, here. Any oh, objections? No. no? So, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so it's true. And um, that said, w you know, we're, we're, we're regular people. There's four of us, right? Uh, we decided to do something, and the difference is, though, we did it. Did it. Right. We went and we acted on it. We executed. We got told no a number of times and we just went and did it anyway. Right. A joke that we're not smart enough to know the answer. No. And we just kind of went ahead. Military guys. Right. We'll just go do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the, the thing that I want to tell people about, you know, in terms of paying it forward or doing something, you know, make some impact on the community you serve. Right. They're, right. they're helping you grow your business. You can make an impact, whatever it is. Um, whether it's, again, individually mm -hmm. or whether it's in, in mass, just the point is that if those ideas are rolling around in your head on how to make a difference, go do something with it. Don't just let it roll around. And thank you for that because we do an intro before you come in here, and I always do have a book bit for every one. And this week I did the 12-week year, and one of the key points of 12-week year is that we don't have a knowledge problem. We have an execution problem. Right. Let's go execute that's a bad sentence let's not yeah, go execute should, let's should. go do things that's let's a much do better things, yes. <laughs> and, it, and so. also with that paying it forward as part of that keep that as part of your sort of plan what right. can you do to pay that forward recently more often than not I've uh, I, I was usually the one who started the chain of hey I'll buy your coffee for the person behind me that mm -hmm. kind of thing right I make them say go Navy because you know Navy yeah, rocks um, that's that's my only Don't requirement for the free coffee right mm -hmm. um, so I just tell the person at the drive-thru hey make them say go Navy and then you know I'll pay for it um, Yet that's been happening to me more, mm -hmm. and that is really a very recent thing because it had been years where I'd been doing that, and it's not, you know, it never happened to me. And then here, I think it's three times in the last few weeks where that's happened, and that's pretty pretty neat. Right. And it's just a little act of paying it forward kindness of, mm -hmm. hey, we'll buy a person a coffee or whatever. You have no idea what impact that may make and then, you know, possibly encourage someone to go do the things that they've been talking right. about doing. So we're, we're kind of getting towards the end of our time. So if there is a realtor out there who's wanting to get involved with charitable organizations, but they don't know where to begin, what do you suggest? And specifically, if they want to get involved with VCP, what do they do? So uh, veteranscommunityproject.org. You have know. really amazing swag there, too, by the <laughs> way. Yes, you don't do have to have just swag. give all your money. You can buy things you with your money, stuff. too. We have really awesome swag. Uh, so people can <laughs> reach I have, like, all kinds of stuff all over my house. Yes. I love it. Uh, people can reach out uh, that way for us specifically if they want to help uh, veterans or, or that, our whole project. Um, obviously, donations, even time, though. Time really does count. 
Um, and then any um, any of the folks, uh, realtors, that really want to get out and just get involved, really the biggest thing is just doing something, act on whatever it is you want to do. So if there's a favorite charity that you have, call them up and just ask, hey, is there something I can do? You'll be amazed that the answer is usually yes, and there'll be something. Um, We've got kids that have done lemonade stands and donated $36. That's amazing, right? It, yeah. It's it's right. little things like that. All of those little things add up when you're paying it forward. So d- just reach out. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, people can reach out to me directly if they have questions. Um, you can find me on the VCP website as well. So like I said, there's lots of ways. Just do something. Again, if it's a favorite charity, whether it's pets or um, whatever, I mean, just reach out, ask them. You'll be amazed at, like I said, what people will say yes to. Please help us with X, Y, Z and um, start somewhere. And I promise it'll snowball into something better. We've been seeing a lot of realtors giving back to the community, especially during this time of crisis. So if that's you, we would love to hear your story here at KCRIR so we can share it with the rest of the community. So if you've been giving back in some way during this COVID-19 pandemic, please send us your story to goodneighbor at kcrar.com. You can send us um, just some words. If you have photos, that's great. Or if you want to send us a video, you can sit down in front of your webcam and do a video if you'd like to share your story with us that way. Um, if you have trouble fitting it all in an email or if it's just your preference, you can always post that to our Facebook page, the KCRAR Facebook page. So again, that's goodneighbor at kcrar.com or you can post it to our Facebook page. The next clip we're going to hear is from Christian Barnes. She was on the NAR Committee for Commitment to Excellence, or C2EX, which she's going to tell us about in this excerpt. But basically, it's an online program from NAR all about professionalism. It's an education resource, but it's different than your standard online class, which she's going to tell you about. Even though this interview was recorded a while back, this program is still active on nar.realtor slash C2EX. So if you find yourself with extra time during your workday, Um, this is a great way to further your knowledge and earn an endorsement from NAR. So here is Christian Barnes on C2EX. A lot of this came out of the conversations we've had at Nauseam about increasing the professionalism in the industry. Raise the bar. Raise the bar, yeah. And then when um, Stefan Swanepoel released the danger report with strat planning that you were involved Mm in, one of the... um, you know, dangerous to agents is the unprofessionalism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all knew that. It wasn't a big light bulb that went off. Um, but this really came out of those conversations and specifically the danger report really pointing it out and it coming up to the surface. And what can we do as an association to help raise the bar and, and right. increase the professionalism? Right. You know, we're showing buyers 20 houses. They're under contract really quick. They're writing multiple offers before... For sure. They get one. They're frustrated. Yeah. We get frustrated. It's, it's hard to keep your emotions in check, but you've got to. Yeah. You've got to be professional. So, so. does C2EX address those kinds of issues? They do. It does yeah. to yeah. some extent. It really is so multifaceted. It's not just um, they, they address the customer service, superior customer service, dealing with you know, each other mm-hmm. as far as you know, dealing with co-op agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a whole other, you know, um, plethora of offerings in terms of what that platform um, covers, like real estate law, ethics, Mm -hmm. um, data privacy protection, which is huge. Um, But yeah, it does, it does address somewhat to answer your question. It does address Mm -hmm. the uh, 
professional standards. Professionalism. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, right. yeah. And that's one thing, you know, commitment to excellence. It's one thing that it stands for is first-rate customer service and a commitment to being a professional. Sure. Yeah. I and mean, that's really, if you boil it down, what, what is C2EX, that's what it is. You know, and, and more than just the education piece of it, it's the task side of the piece where now oh, yeah. you have to go back out and you have to do these things. You have to come back and report that you've done those things. And it's that following through. It's not just checking another box mm-hmm. or sitting through what you That's know. kind of why C2EX was hatched was the continuing education. It's there. It's great. Um, it serves its purpose. But mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You've got right. to go above and beyond that. And what I like about C2A, C2EX is it's not just sit down and blow through it in, in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. It is an ongoing process, and everybody has an individualized plan based on you take an assessment. Remember, it's 11 competencies. You take an assessment, and then the system is smart enough to know what you need extra help on and where your gaps are, Right. Um, what you need additional learning tasks on and, and they're done in tasks they're done through modules where you're put in situations and you've got to select the correct answers uh some of them are tough yeah there are there they was really a couple are, that i was yeah. like i got what? some wrong and i was like what <laughs> um and it's not just got, some it's not some ce classes built to get past the real estate no, commission it isn't yeah. it really is a learning tool right it truly is a learning tool and everybody has a unique experience with it what what you went through mm-hmm. going through the platform is different than what i went through um, which makes it a, a lot more unique than just sitting through a, a CE class. Or well, and one of the things that really drew me into the program was, and I don't know how, and listen, we're going to go back to, I don't know how it is in Kansas, but I know in Missouri, the classes that are approved for CE credit in Missouri are very basic, strict real estate. It's going to be real estate right. law. It's going to be forms. Even your elective agency, classes are going to yeah. be lead-based pain, agency. It's going to be all of those things. It's not... Yes, our agents need those things, but it's also not the things they need day-to-day in the trenches doing their job. Right. It's not the in addition to. And what I like about it is, you know, in addition to the modules, then you have the tasks. But within the tasks, you have the required tasks and you mm-hmm. have the optional tasks. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a reason to keep, okay, I went ahead and I got my endorsement and I got all that done. But now I still have a, I have optional tasks I can come back to and do at a later date. Yes. Um, and I love that, it can, you know, for those of us, we like to gamify things or we like to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that, you know, I keep coming back and I get badges when I check in yes. for a year and do all this, you know, it's, yes. I want the badges, darn it. Yes, I want the, <laughs> I want the certificates. I want my smelly sticker. <laughs> I want my frame on Facebook. And that is it for this little throwback episode of Kansas City Real Talk. I hope that you are able to get some little nuggets of wisdom from this episode. And if you liked any of these episodes, you can find them. They're still up. Um, And you can always go back if you, again, if you have a little extra time on your hands, you can always go back and listen to any of our episodes we've ever done. So if over the course of, we've been doing this for like a year and a half maybe if over the course of a year and a half you happen to have missed an episode or two which I would totally understand um you can go back and sort of binge on any episodes that you did not get a chance to listen to if you'd like we would love that and go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts that would really help us out so or on whatever platform you're listening so i hope everyone is staying safe and practicing social distancing during this time And yes, you will hear from us again for our next episode. So see you guys.